Hello, brethren, and welcome to the Granite Cornerstone Podcast. I am joined tonight by Right Worshipful Brothers Chris Busby and Scott Newberry to discuss the balance of masonry and our uh, personal lives outside of masonry and how we we as masons balance our lives, but also how we as lodges uh, make that balance something masons are willing to do. How do we enhance the lodge experience and and what can we do to bring brothers back? So with that in mind, uh, let's get into it. I, I will say, Tim, that we are not on Facebook now. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. No, no, I wish I were. Um... Oh, to our YouTube brethren, uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we're just swapping back and forth between YouTube and uh, and Facebook right now. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going with this. So... What I'm going to do here, brethren, is I'm just going to go ahead and post the link um, to the various other uh, Facebook channels, and I think we're just going to press forward. Okay. We overcome, we adapt. Fine. Yeah, unfortunately, these are things you can't prepare for and you can't really test, because if we tested it, it would send a notification to... Uh, everyone, and you'd have to watch us test it, and it would be really embarrassing for everyone. It's worked very well so far, so it's been a, a little bizarre with the last couple of months with our technical difficulties, so we're going to try and work through that. Go ahead and get started, Tim. I've, I've, I'm okay. just about to post. So I guess with, with the theme of a lot of the things we've talked about uh, as a group of three here, one of the biggest things that we deal with is expectation setting within the lodge. And I think I want to start with that topic. So as we're coming out of this pandemic, as we're coming out of these restrictions and things are opening back up and people who we haven't seen in a very long time are now coming back to join us in lodge. What are the expectations that we should be setting as a lodge to get people interested and, and to get them back into the seats and, and engaged? It's the concern I have actually is on the other side of that coin, because you've got lodges that are wanting to see everybody show up. And we're all so used to the fact that, you know, I could just flip a switch and I'm on a, on a call when it works. Um, you know, and now we don't have that ability. Now you've actually got to, you know, put the coat and tie on and get in the car and head over to the temple. And it's it's not the instantaneous piece we used to have, but you know, or what we've been dealing with for the last year and a half, which also then challenges challenges the lodges to understand that they need to be cognizant of the calendars that everybody has. Uh, you know, we were just talking, we were just joking about it earlier. Uh, Chris and I were trying to schedule a meeting, and the moment we moved our meeting, I got a notification from me that was going to go right into that same time slot. You know, so it's 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 amazing how much we've come to rely on the ability to just jump from one item to the next, sitting you know at home on our computers. Yeah, I think that's a, a big part of it. I remember, you know, during the pandemic, I was sitting master at the time, and for me, I was doing business casual because it was you know something that we could just. If we needed to go into the lodge, put on slacks and a, a button up and we'd be okay. 
But now that we're getting back into, you know, full-blown lodge meetings, getting ready for lodge is a process that many of us haven't done in 15 months. And you're right, Scott, it, it used to be, I could just hit a, hit the login button and, and get into a meeting. So Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that, you know, think about what we're, I mean, so we're, we're talking about, you know, sort of, you know, the, the effort, right. That we're expending now to, you know, uh, get, get back into lodge. Um, and thinking about that that effort, you know, uh, leaving home to travel, getting you know, getting into a suit or a tux, um, things like that, you know, for going to you know going back, you know, it can't really be quite the same experience as it was before, can it? You know, from the perspective of if it's the same, right? After having that experience of being on Zoom, um, is it still? Uh, is that going to draw brothers to, to want to be able to participate? I think one of the things that we've seen a lot is, you know, in the Zoom meetings is, um, you know, relatively quick, punchy, you know, targeted topics. We've seen so many groups uh, and lodges and, and Masonic organizations posting, and it makes it so easy to get on those platforms and join. So I, I think that from that perspective, we have to, start shifting our, our mentality a little bit as, as those that are, you know, responsible and, and leaders in our lodges. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that the, the, the content of a lodge meeting has to be balanced against the demands on people now in a, in a big way, because you're right. It was, you could do those quick hits, you know, you could get those really good successes in a half hour, 45 minute zoom meeting. But now that you go back to Lodge and you're adding Lodge business on top of it, you're adding ritual on top of it, you've got to add content that makes it worthwhile for a member to get out of the house, put on a tuxedo, find a tux that fits in, in Bobby's case down there in the, the YouTube comments, which is <laughs> absolutely something I understand. It's the, the COVID-15, yeah. I got to uh, I gotta find – I got to go back to the dry cleaners again. And now, you know, why – why am I going to lodge? And obviously for, for a lot of us, especially the people who are, who are more likely to be here watching this live, it's because the lodge experience and Freemasonry is such a huge part of our lives. Yeah. But there are definitely brothers who have been regular attendees at lodge, but you may not see them outside of the lodge meetings. And now they've had 15 months where their Wednesdays or Tuesdays were free. What do we do to bring them back in? And I think that's a really important conversation. So what is Chris, in your opinion, I think that, you know, obviously as grand lecturer, uh, I think we know some of what your opinions are on ways to get people back into lodge, but let's hear from you. What, what do you think is a, a really good way to, to re-engage uh, an absent brother, a brother who has been gone for so long? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, you might actually be surprised in what I say, cause I'm going to put my secretary's hat on instead. Okay. Um, now I, I think, I think that one of one of the things that we've seen, right, you know, in our jurisdiction in New Hampshire, um, Most Worshipful Clay was able to allow lodges to suspend operations to to a degree during COVID. Um, and what did we find during that time? Well, lodge business wasn't lodge business, and I'm going to use air quotes when I say this. You know, the you know the meetings and, and the business that was uh, you know, contained within the meetings was not happening. 
So the question I think that we ask first is, is that, is that do or die? Can, can we, what can we live with and what can we live without? Obviously we have the constitution, we have our bylaws, we need to adhere to these things um, and, and respond accordingly. And there is important business that each of our lodges is doing. However, is that the focus, right? Is that, is that where we need to spend our time because we weren't doing business on these calls and, and we seem to be getting the brethren in and attending. So I, I think the first thing we look at is how much, how much of what we're doing is, is, is necessary for our lodges, necessary for Freemasonry and enriching for our brothers. Um, the Grand Lodge piece, we have to you know, communicate the things that come down from the Grand Master that, that are important for the operation of the fraternity. We need to pay bills. We need to do the things we need to do to keep our organization running, but you know, where can we trim back to make those those pieces more streamlined so that we can turn our focus to uh, some of the other more enriching content that uh, that we've we've seen during that time. Scott? Well I think the biggest challenge we're gonna have getting brothers to come back to the lodge, it's not just the, the content, it's just the willingness of uh the inertia to get over of people staying at home uh, a, a good example uh, my wife and i went out last night and we're taking a drive down the main drag 102 you know by through london dairy and dairy and the road is empty and you know that's a main drag right right across the state it's like where is everybody so either they're all at the look you know like the beach or the mountains or they're all at home still because we've all gotten used to being at home we're used to, you know, flipping on whatever streaming service we want on a on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And, you know, that's what we do. So now we've got to work to get brothers off that inertia piece. And it's like we're going to be working against the, the historical evidence that they have. It's like, well, it's great. You know, we're on the Zoom calls. We're on this streaming service. And we're, we're having conversations about, you know, education pieces and a ritual. And we didn't do that when we were in person. So are we going to still have that? You know, or is it going to go back to the way it was? And there will be some brothers that we'll see showing up uh, that are expecting it to be the old way because they've ignored the the online stuff during the last you know 15, 18 months. So it's really, it's going to be a real challenge to get brothers to understand that we're changing things and some things will remain the same because you have to have certain things. Like you know, Chris said, there's a certain amount of business that has to be done. There's a certain amount of ritual that has to be done, but it doesn't mean that everything else has to go away. Well, so that's that's actually a really you bring up a good point. You know, are we still going to do these things? Are we still going to have all these Zoom meetings? What what is the right answer here? Because for a lodge, I know Rising Sun has been co-hosting our business meetings uh, after the ritual portion is done and and before the closing is done. We've been putting those business meetings online. We've had guests and speakers, and we're trying to deal with technology, which obviously is not always working the way we want it to, but should we be using Zoom either in our regular meetings or to further that, should we be also including Zoom as part of a rotation of meetings? Do we have to have every educational presentation for a lodge in the building or should a lodge continue using Zoom as a platform? Um, where where do we stand on that? What are, what, what are your thoughts on it, Scott? For, for me, I think it's a balance. You know, there's there's uh, 
definitely a call for using Zoom, as you mentioned, kind of as a hybrid setup where you've got, you know, the business meeting and what's going on in the middle and you keep the virtual portions offline. And, you know, there's, a, there's some lodges will be able to do that. Not all lodges, because not all lodges have the capability in their buildings to actually handle that kind of stuff. Uh, but I do think that using it as a supplement to those meetings, I think would help. One of the big challenges that a lot of lodges, I think, run into uh, is, is that they can't get brothers together to do the committee work. You know, hey, we want to do, you know, set up some event or whatever, and the committee has difficulty getting together. Use Zoom. I mean, we've already proven the fact that we can utilize the tool, so that's a good place for it to be utilized if you don't want to hold your business meeting there. You know, officer meetings, that's another great opportunity to actually hold that there, you know, hold it online. Makes it a lot easier. Uh, uh, you know, I know that, you know, some of the different segments of Grand Lodge are looking at the, you know, what can we do on Zoom versus what do we need to do in person or doing a split where, you know, during the good weather, we're going to meet in person and in the poor weather, we're going to, you know, meet on Zoom. So there's a lot of different ways to utilize the tool. And I think each lodge in each district and, each, and as, a, as a jurisdiction, we need to look at that and see what works best for each individual segment. Not every, it's not, it's going to be one of those, no, there's will be no one size fits all in this case, in this case. No, and, and you know, uh, Zoom isn't going to replace, doesn't replace masonry. And, and Brother Gray um, mentioned this in his in his comment. Um, you know, the camaraderie. I mean, Freemasonry is a is a is a is a doing thing. You know, it's a it's an act. You need to actively participate in it. And the energy and the uh, the light that we get from being in the same room with our brothers cannot possibly replace um, the, you know, uh, be replaced by Zoom. Okay, so, you know, I, I think to your point, Scott, you know, we got to think about what are those sort of business items or more functional items for the lodge that can be moved to that platform with then the supplement being, um, you know, hey, we have an education night where we, we do something virtually um, and we make sure and include all of the brethren who are scattered throughout uh, the world sometimes so that they can feel as though that they have a stake in and, and are participating in the life of the lodge. Um, but it is that it is that balance. What I found personally as far as doing to what you said before, Tim, as secretary in the in in the lodge, putting on Zoom meetings and communicating that actually, I'm finding I found that the participation just sort of was at uh, at a plateau and then sort of dropped um, in in recent months. Um, and I think that there the backlash part of the backlash there is that people there is a backlash uh, in reference to Zoom. You know, like being sitting in front of your desk or with your device in a room and not being connected to people. I think to some degree, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, okay, stop. Uh, we want to, we want to, we want to have a real experience here. Right. But, but I think some of that backlash isn't necessarily just because we're not meeting in person. I think a lot of it's because there were just, so, there was just so much, you know, now everybody was, you know, every single body that we have met on zoom education meetings were being done on zoom. You yeah. had, you know, meeting, you know, all kinds of different things going on and everybody was vying for your, your attention. And then 
that's not just one jurisdiction. That's all kinds of jurisdictions, sure. all kinds of groups. So now all of a sudden you're looking for the, well, what can I do tonight? And now you're jumping on a Zoom call or a Facebook live session or whatever it is. And now all of a sudden you're doing, you know, two, three, four meetings a night. And, you know, so it gets to be a real challenge. But I also want to mention that, you know, it's the, the piece that we don't want to miss out on is the fact that some of the brothers that took part in the online stuff that we were doing during this time period, we never see in the lodge room because of distance, because of age. You know, some of these guys can't drive at night, so they can't sure. come to a meeting. And the last thing you want to do is go completely the other direction and not utilize the tool because then you've you've lost those brothers. They're now they're missing out because they don't feel they're a part of the fraternity anymore. I, I agree with the premise of that. I, I think that ultimately, you, you like I said, you've got to um, to even it out. In my, in our case, with, with my particular lodge, the brethren that were participating are brethren that, for the most part, will participate again physically. Um, we weren't getting a whole lot of long distance, and and that's not to say that it isn't an effective tool. This is just my you know personal experience with it, um, but. You know, it, it's it, it's it can be challenging to manage the Zoom experience with the Lodge experience too. Um, to try to uh, to try to juggle that, I think, can be yeah. a, a little bit challenging, and 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 sometimes take away from the experience of being in Lodge. So I'm I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate with you on that. Because well, yeah, well, I I think it's uh, it goes back to like we were talking about the balance. You know, maybe the your stated communications need to be in person, and then you hold you know the the secondary Zoom meetings for those that can't make the communication or no, for yeah, topics that don't have to be covered during the meeting because like, well, it's a discussion that can take 30 minutes or longer. So let's go ahead and put that committee and let them meet on Zoom and come back and let us know next month where they stand and then make that committee meeting more open. Don't, you know, ha you know, have the four or five brothers or three brothers or two brothers, depending on how big your committee is, uh, you know, get together at the, at the lodge for a half hour to hash it out, do it over Zoom that way more brothers can participate. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. I mean, I think, you know, we've seen some success um, at our meetings with, with Zoom because we have snowbirds. I mean, obviously, that's no longer the case, but we certainly saw that in the early months uh, or late winter. Um, and we see people who are uncomfortable coming to Lodge uh, before they were vaccinated, for sure. So, you know, I agree that you need to strike a balance. The, the problem is for Rising Sun you know, we've had to dedicate at least one or two people to manage that Zoom meeting. So to Chris's point, if you don't have the resources in place, somebody like your secretary is now responsible and he can't do what he needs to do as secretary while also managing a Zoom meeting without, you know, taking away from the masonry that's happening in front of you. And I think that's not a challenge we as, as Freemasons have had to deal with, you know, you go to a concert nowadays, everybody's holding up their phone. You don't see a face. You don't even see the concert. And I think that if you've got somebody who's managing that Zoom meeting full time, they're not all they're seeing is is the Zoom meeting and they're losing out on the reason they came to lodge. So you definitely have to work on striking the right balance. Yeah, and it's, it's not it's not a reason not to do. I'm sorry, Scott. It's not a reason right. not to do it. But, you know, at the same time, you, those the the you know the the space of the temple and the you know sort of the you know I look at it from from the perspective also of of you know just sort of having you know it's like you're having this there's this eye 
in the temple, right? Um, not not the one that we're typically used to, but <laughs> the digital eye. And so uh, that that some that that can change a little bit of the dynamics. I, I think oh, definitely of, of, of what of what masonry is has been intended to be. Go ahead, Scott. Sorry. No, it's it's you know there's there's a lot to be said about all of it. I mean, you know, when you talk about the concert challenge, Tim, it, it's the problem is, is that you're no longer present in the moment. Yep. The moment you pick up a phone, you pick up a camera, you step in front of the computer screen at a live event, you're no longer present. I don't care what anybody says, you're not present because you're worried about what else is going on. You know, is the camera at the right angle? Do I have enough light? You know, is the audio working? You know, we saw, uh, saw it about 30 minutes ago. We went through that. We, you know, we were yeah. worried about the tech piece, not what we actually were here to talk about. And that's something that's very difficult to manage when you do a hybrid setup with someone in the lodge room that has to be managing all that, but then the present capability of the folks that are on the other end of that stream. I'm sitting here in my office and, you know, there could be a knock at the door. It's my family. I could hear the dogs go off. You know, I could have a fire truck drive down the street. You know, my attention is going to get split there. Yeah. You know, well, versus being in the lodge room, the chances are that, you know, we're all going to be focused on the same thing. So there's a comment in chat from uh, from brother Brian Ellis about how it was cool to explore masonry on a, a country and world level. Uh, and it was an eye opening experience. So I think that that's part of why I asked how we get brothers into lodge, because as we've all mentioned, there are so many opportunities now for you to experience something that either for you is masonry or at least resembles masonry uh, very, very closely in a way that we didn't have before. I, just tonight, I know there's another podcast airing tonight. Um, and if I wanted to go watch that, I could go do that. Monday through Sunday through Saturday, you can probably find a presentation on any one of uh, the virtual platforms to take your attention if it's something you're interested in so how do we compete with that and and as individual brethren how do we make the decision about what should be our priority because i know that i can hop onto one of those calls from my office and yeah maybe i don't want to sit in my office all day and i certainly want to go to lodge and see my brothers but i know that there are people who for for whom that decision is is a little bit more difficult to make so when you look at balancing work and home and lodge. And when I say lodge, I mean masonry. How do you make the decision to potentially drive 40 minutes in a tuxedo, in a suit, when you could just stay at home, pop on for a 30 minute meeting, and then when you're done, go out and spend the rest of the evening with your wife and kids? You know, wh where is the decision from the individual brother in that? Well, I think, I, I, I think it depends on your wife. Uh, you know, she may not wow. want you home. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Um, but now from the, I think from the perspective, this goes back to what I was saying before, right? So if, if it's an, ex well, I think what's happening now, I want to take this a step back. I think what's happening or what has happened over the course of the last 18 months. And, and, and I, I can say from my own perspective that I've absolutely done this is that I think this this period has given us a time to reflect on what's important to us. Oh, absolutely. Reflect, we'll reflect upon and think about where we want to spend our time, 
our most precious commodity um, as human beings. And, and and where do we want to make the most impact um, and balance out? And again, this is the whole, uh, you know, the thesis of kind of what we're talking about tonight. And it, it goes back to what I was saying. It, it, you know, what I think some brothers will do and probably have done, and I'm speculating, but is stop and say, do I want do I want to participate in a lodge meeting that contains this, this, and this, whatever that is, or do I want to stay home and watch, you know, live streams on all of these types of topics? So it it, it it's going to have to be um, that you ask your ask the brethren what, and I think this is now this is the time, right, to for lodges to go out and ask their brethren what is it considering all that we've gone through as a society, all we've gone through as a fraternity and a lodge, what is it that's important to you comparatively to, you know, what, you know, the way life was 18 months ago. And actually that's a great open lodge discussion. Yeah. Um, I think it is just to kind of look at it from the perspective of, okay, how have our priorities shifted and, and what do we do to, uh, what do we do now in Lodge to uh, to make sure that the time spent there is is the most enriching, the most satisfying, the most edifying experience for being for being a Mason and, and going, uh, you know, go, participating in, in your Lodge's meetings? Well, I think that we also have to take a look at the other side of that conversation. The Lodge has to be willing to accept that there could very well be a lot of brothers who say, it's not worth it for me to come. Right. You know, and right. it's, it's, it's going, it's going to impact you. The other thing you have to look at too, is, is that, you know, the world's changed. You know, how many people now work out of their homes instead of going to an office and the office was actually closer to the lodge. So, you know, instead of going home after work, they go down to the, you know, they change into their suit and they go over to the temple for the meeting. You know, now it's a 40 minute drive at the end of their work day, which is something they didn't, you have to do. You know, and the yeah. other side of that, though, on the virtual side is if I'm now working from home all day, why in the world do I want to spend another two and a half hours in this chair in front of this computer screen, that, which I've been doing all day to, to watch, you know, a, a live stream? And so you've got to, again, it's, it's all about finding the priorities for different individuals. I, I, Scott, I, you're right about the commuting thing. That's something that we talked about earlier. And. How many brothers in your lodges can you think of that live potentially further away from lodge than they they worked? You know, I know that there are brothers who joined my lodge rather than other lodges because they worked in the greater Nashua area or they worked or they worked in Massachusetts and Nashua was an easy swing off at just the right time. And that's how they got involved into our community. And I think that's a really interesting the depth well, of commuting is really it, it's actually, well, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was something that was there before, you know. I know that we had brothers at St. Mark's leave St. Mark's and choose other lodges because it was just more convenient based on where they were working or where they ended up living. You know, yep. so now all of a sudden it's it, that whole shift is going to happen again. And I think brothers need to understand the fact that, you know, you, we want to keep you as a brother, not necessarily as a lodge member. And I'm saying that, you know, from the perspective of, if there's something that's more convenient for you, if there's a, a lodge that you think better fits your lifestyle now, you should take advantage of it. 
you know, don't think that it's, you know, because I joined this particular lodge, I have to stay with that particular lodge. No, I mean, I, I changed lodges because of where I moved to. You know, I, I grew up on the seacoast and I joined the lodge on the seacoast. So I don't, you know, I, when I was driving 200 miles a day to go to a lodge meeting, it got a little uh, tedious. So it's like, you know, I got to pick a lodge closer to home. Uh, but I think that's one of the areas too that, you know, uh, you know, Brian Ellis brought up the fact about the, the whole being able to see masonry across the country and across the world. And I think that's one of the areas, uh, and I'm going to make a little plug here because I know so many people love to hear it. It's what you need to think about is getting the brothers to travel. You know, just because, you know, you haven't seen a brother forever doesn't mean you have to meet him in your own lodge room. You know, hey, I'll meet you at, you know, in Concord for their meeting. It's going to be Thursday night. Let's go. You know, and and take advantage of that because now they get an opportunity to see another lodge room, see another lodge do things. And that can actually help your own home lodge in the long term because now you get an opportunity to see stuff that's going on in our own jurisdiction, you know, versus what's going on halfway around the world. It's a little bit easier to implement something. You say, you can pick up the phone and say, hey, can you swing by at our next meeting? Because we really like something that you did. We like you trying to explain it to the brothers why you do it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that I will always say that travel is an important part of masonry. Um, and, you know, we're just reading the comments here. We have, you know, our junior past grandmaster and our current grandmaster both echoing the sentiment that face-to-face -face is, is what this fraternity is about. And I think, again, when we, we have this conversation and we're talking to the brethren in the chat, we really are preaching to the choir um, because the people who are here watching this are the people who will be in Lodge and, like Dave Ackridge in four meetings this week and four in-person meetings with one virtual. But how do we echo that same sentiment to you know, maybe a lapsed brother or a brother who just has gotten out of the habit. How do we rebuild those habits? That's well, what I, I'm wondering. Well, for starters, I think it goes back to one of our other, one of the other things we've talked about repetitively, and that's the communication piece. You know, let the brother know that, hey, you know, we're coming back to lodge. Here's the guidelines that we have for our own lodge. Here's, you know, here's what we're doing to, to make it an enjoyable experience for when you get here as best we can. You know, they need to know those things. Maybe you need to pull something that, you know, it's something that's been talked about. I know it's been kicked around at a lot of lodges. And it's something that goes back to several, several years ago. Uh, pull out the rusty nail degree. Offer brothers an opportunity to come and relearn a lot of the basics in that comfortable environment where they don't have to worry about making a mistake. You know, it's, it's, let's face I mean, I, I took a break from the fraternity and one of the, I never forget my ride over to the temple with my father for that first meeting after taking my break, he started asking me questions about, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do we need to go over this? Cause he didn't want me to embarrass myself when I sat in the lodge room. And let's face it. That's a very real thing that some of these brothers are going to be looking at. Oh, I, I've absolutely heard it from people before that they don't, they didn't come to lodge for so long because they were afraid of you know, putting a foot out of, out of line and, and making, you know, a fool of themselves. And obviously that's not something anyone is going to chastise or shame them for, but it's, it's absolutely something I understand that fear. Uh, you said communication. And so we're going to go back to Chris with his secretary's hat on. Um, trestle boards. Trestle boards are not just to list dates. They're not just to list the names of your presiding officers, they are the 
most widely distributed communication tool for your lodge. And how do we make those documents reflective of uh, a prime Masonic experience? I mean, I know that over the course of the last 18 months and this year in particular, Master My Lodge has really started including speakers. And we have a, you know, if we're having a dinner, I know Brother Tom Ladd mentioned this in the chat. The food was certainly lacking on virtual meetings. So stepping up your food game, if nothing else, will get brothers into lodge. A little lobster thermidor and and some ice cream after dinner after your meeting, you'll certainly get yourself at least one past grandmaster in the room. Brother bro, and brother Troy Patuan, by the way, don't forget him. Um, <laughs> but the trestle board needs to be used correctly. And Chris is as a the I think you're the only sitting secretary. We've got one past secretary and one never going to be secretary. He says um, that now. <laughs> we've we, we've all said that at one point or another. I'm never going to do that. What are yeah, your, I, your I, thoughts I did, on I did the it twice. That was enough. Well, you know, I, I think I think there I think novelty when I when I say novelty, it, meaning that you you've got to do something new and different to attract brothers' attention, people's attention when it comes to these things. People see the same thing over and over again. Um, they're not, and it's just informational, then they're not getting a sense for the culture of the lodge, how things are going. Um, and, and I can tell you something right now, just from personal experience from my MailChimp analytics, um, you know, being a secretary and distributing trestle boards that the, the viewership of the trestle board could be better. Um, so it really just isn't, the trestle board is the most widely distributed, but we really need to be using all, all potential communication avenues to be able to reach guys, including calling them, um, especially with guys that just aren't engaged with the social media pieces. I mean, we, we're all very comfortable with, uh, most of us are very comfortable with it and, and participate, but um, I, I think that having that that diversity of communication and the persistence of communication, not just saying this is the next date coming up, but here's what we're doing and sharing, you know, having brothers participate and sharing some of their own sort of testimonials and feedback about what's happening. And I think that um, you get a better feeling uh, for what's happening in the lodge and the feeling of what's going on in the lodge currently, because I think as all of us know, you know, lodge cultures can change pretty quickly, actually, in masonry. Um, and, and with the addition of, of COVID and, and sort of how things have gone, I think that uh, you've got to mix it up um, and mix up what you say in your communication and to really give brothers a feel as to what, uh, what, what things are all about right now and, and why they want to come out. I'll give you one, one word that will make your trestle boards more interesting. Photos. Well, so that's that's what I was just about to I, say. Most wonderful brother Clay just uh, put that in the chat. Yeah, I, I I have seen so many trestle boards that are just a wall of text, and that's why people don't stop reading them. You know, you also have to listen to your your the brother in your lodge. What do they want in their trestle boards? You know, when I was secretary, one of the things that I did is I made sure that when I laid out the trestle board, all of the dates, all of the meeting in, uh, information for the you know for things that were coming up. We're on one page 
because you know a lot of the brothers we mailed it to at the time now you know we email a lot of them out but what they were doing is they were printing out or taking that one page and sticking it on the refrigerator i had more more than one brother say it's nice that i can just look at one sheet of paper and i can see everything that's going on because not everybody wants to pull out their phone or pop up the computer and look at you know their calendar app they just would say what's going on and it's a whole lot easier for you know the rest of the family to say what's going on well it's on the it's on the board and they can go look at it uh, so I, but I do think that, you know, photos and doing something that's visual definitely helps. Uh, it's, I mean, it was one of the things that I, I, I had noted to me, you know, when we were doing this, a lot of photos in the trestle board. It's nice to see photos, nice to see photos of people doing stuff, people. You know, yeah. especially, especially, uh, I believe it or not, it was the traveling photos that actually garnered the most attention, you know, a picture of, you know, a half a dozen or more guys all standing together in a large room. That wasn't our own was was a big draw for a lot of people so yeah if you see if you see a, a brother i mean just let's use facebook for an example if you see a brother that's posted a, a fantastic event you know or 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 you know have posted pictures of a fantastic event and describe what it was and how exciting and fulfilling it was that's the stuff when you're not there right as a brother and you look at that and you're like oh gee i should have that's something i should have been at well next time Right. It's the FOMO. I'll, 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 I'll it is. It's, it's FOMO. You're creating a, a fear of missing <laughs> right. out on those events. Right. And so that that's 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 it. Right. Is that it has to be compelling and engaging and novel enough um, within the auspices of what we're here to do in Freemasonry to keep to keep brothers engaged. Also, uh, another part of this is discussion. And, and this just came up here in the chat. Um, uh, Brother Adam uh, Sankowitz. Um, engaging all of the brothers because I think that sometimes lodge meetings can become for the officers or the communications can seem like they're for those that are leading the lodge rather than for the brethren. Uh, and that's not a criticism. I think we all do that you know, from time to time to some degree uh, because of the nature of what we do. But um, engaging brothers in conversation or setting up a topic for conversation in your trestle board and asking questions um, early on. This is something that I've, I've seen more and more of, like, you know, we're going to be talking about this and, and ask a question or give something to think about so that when a brother then is like, oh, I want to get involved in this conversation, I'm going to participate and they're ready and jazzed to be able to be there to share their experience or to share their views on a particular topic or to learn more themselves. I think that that's, that's, that's a, an impetus is, is really more of these calls to action to brethren to do things uh, based on their individual involvement um, and participation rather than these sort of the, the, the larger well, communications. And I, th I think the whole Zoom aspect we actually helps with that. Because during the, the, the pandemic period, we had a lot of Zoom calls going on and a lot of brothers were jumping on. And let's face it, some of those conversations that we were having education-wise or, or what have you, it was a level playing field. You know, yes, the officers were on there. And yes, usually the master uh, or the senior warden were handling the actual running of the meeting and stuff. Right. But everybody was had a pretty much equal voice. There wasn't a lot, you know, a lot of protocols were suspended during that time period. People were courteous. But everybody got an opportunity to talk. And I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot of meetings that I sat into pre-COVID, the guys on the sidelines, it was like pulling teeth to get any of them to say anything. And now they've given now they understand that, you know, I've got a voice and I can participate in these conversations. So hopefully that'll help. 
And I think, Chris, you made a really good point, and this is kind of why I got on the topic of the trestle board to begin with. Springing a spontaneous conversation into a lodge room, you know, the officers are going to be the ones who participate because they're the ones who like like to talk. They're the ones who, who have practiced the ritual, and they're they're used to being up in front of the crowd and talking. And those other yeah. brothers on the sidelines may not be comfortable. Yeah using your trestle board, using your website, using your social media platforms as a method to distribute the comment, the topic of that conversation in advance, I think is a huge thing that we need to do. You can't just have a trestle board with a meeting date. You, your trestle board can't just say your stated is this date. It has to say, this is the stated. This is the menu we're going to be serving for dinner. This is the topic we're going to bring up because now you've got 10, 15, 20 days to prepare for it. And some of those brothers who may not be comfortable talking may be a little bit more comfortable with that prep and communicating that early and often and then on as many channels as you can is huge. Lodges were very quick to adopt electronic meetings, right? But it was very easy when you get onto an ele- a, a Zoom meeting because the topic is usually in the meeting invite. You click join, you know what you're getting into. And you don't have that with in-person meetings because all you get is a trestle board with a date. So I think that communicating effectively is really important. Well, I also think that you need to do the follow-up afterwards. You know, that whole FOMO thing we were talking about earlier. Yep. Take take a paragraph or two in your trusted board and do a recap of the topic that you were discussing, if it's something you can recap in the trusted board. I realize there's certain topics you can't do right. that with. But, you know, there's, especially with education pieces, hey, brother, did you, you know, sorry we missed you. Here's some of the top, here's some of the points that we pulled out of the uh, the meeting of our conversation about X, Y, and Z, you know, so that way they get an idea that, you know, once you're not just saying you're going to do it, you're actually doing it. And I think that's one of the big pieces that has to happen. Well, I know Chris in particular with his role in the Grand Lodge communications committee and and Grand Lodge communications over the course of the last several years, you know, Chris, when you took over a lot of that uh, posting on the Grand Lodge website, it gave people a reason to go to the Grand Lodge website that they didn't have before. And I went and I read a lot of your write-ups. You know, these, this was a number of years ago you started doing this. And those kind of things bring I, – I don't remember the last time I went to my own Lodge website. And if you're putting out that content in places where people are going to see it, I think that's a great – like you said, it, it creates that feeling of missing out. And then it also gives people the communication of what happened, how successful was this conversation at this event. Yeah, and I, you know, kind of sort of tagging on to that, you know, um, and I mentioned this actually on a call that I had, a Masant call that I had the other night, is that Freemasonry is a holistic experience, you know, and, and the trestle boards help to be able to communicate that, but, you know, the meals are important, the, uh, the, the brotherhood and the fellowship is important. The ritual is important. The content of the meeting and us learning how to, you know, improve ourselves in masonry as a part of our meetings is important. Um, so I think that, you know, thinking about how, not only how we communicate that, right, um, and, and, and display that to our brethren and to the world, um that you 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 continue to to really just foment that sense of 
this everything about what we're doing is is something that I want to be a part of, and 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 showing that care in Freemasonry. So it, it's about displaying that, but also not squandering the experiences that we have when a brother does come to lodge, and and I think Tim, like you said, you know, we're all sort of we're the choir, right? Everyone that's on right, right now is essentially the choir. But I think sometimes it's easy for us to to forget that there are a lot of um, a lot of folks that you know haven't seen any of this that don't understand that or haven't experienced anything along those lines, and and so we're we're really trying to reach out to those to those brethren just as much as we are too. Uh, well, there you just well that's a good example of something to throw on the trestle board. Hey, did you see the podcast this week, this month? You know, they talked about whatever it is that we talked about and, and give the opportunity for the brother to see these types of things. and know, these are the conversations that are going on at this level, you know, and then, you know, offer it up as a, uh, you know, if there's something that, that that's sparked your interest based on the podcast or something else you've seen online, let us know and we'll add it to the agenda or we'll take a look at adding it to a future meeting as a topic of discussion get your brothers involved with the actual picking of some of these topics and you'll find that a lot more of them will probably be interested in, in showing up and i'd like to thank tim for putting the email address up <laughs> yeah like scott said get in touch and, and have those conversations with us or with your lodges and i think that's that's a really important part of it you've got to communicate you've got to be open and, and having conversations with everybody and that's something that you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to do sometimes is open the conversation and say, what is it that you want? Because maybe the answer is not going to be what everybody wants, but we start to find out a little bit more about the ways to keep our brethren engaged. So one of the other, so we've talked about balance and, and lodge experience. We've got a lot going on in our lives. And I know that I have not had a free weekend for months now that Everyone I know is is feeling more comfortable. They're vaccinated. They're going out in the world again. Um, and my schedule is filling up. I know, Scott, you said your schedule is, is looking more and more like a disaster. Um, and how do, how do we as individuals manage that? You know, how do we attend lodge meetings? How do we say yes to some things and no to others? Should we be saying no? Or are we going to burn ourselves out if we just keep saying yes? No is a very important word. And as the father of three children, it's my default answer for a lot of things. Um, but I've always I've always taken the uh, the approach that there are four priorities in your life. Yeah, your religion, whatever it be, I, uh, your work, your home life, and masonry. Now, any given day of the week, you get to choose how those priorities line up. But if the first three I mentioned aren't working well, the last one's going to be a disaster because you won't be able to be present at a, at a Masonic meeting. So that's why I kind of take a look at, is there something that I need to be dealing with on the home front, the work front, uh, with my own spiritual uh, progress? If there's something there that needs my attention, I have to give it it because I won't be able to enjoy the Masonic experience regardless of where I go. Now, unfortunately, I'm in one of those positions where there are just sometimes I have no choice I have to attend something, you know, as a district officer, I, you know, I set the schedule for visitations. Those are, I, I can't call a lodge at six o'clock at night and say, sorry guys, I'm not coming. You not know, coming. It's, it's just <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, right. You know, luckily, you know, for me, I don't have a lot of that stress pulling, uh, you know, the, the pulling of 
different priorities because mm, I've been balancing these things for so long and my family is very accommodating to it. I mean, you know, my son travels with me for a lot of Masonic events. Uh, you know, my kids from as long as I can remember, uh, when I went through the line, especially when I said as master, they'd see the briefcase come out. They all must be a Mason Knight, you know, so everybody's kind of used to that kind of balance. But there have been times where I've had to call up events and say, look, I can't make it. You know, I'm stuck with uh, work because of something going on that has to be done. There's a deadline involved and I have no choice. So it's it's is it's a, it's a tough call. But that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. You know, there's basically those four priorities in life. Uh, and, you know, you just got to figure out the best way to adjust them. And I know that there are some brothers out there that would argue the point that masonry needs to be number one. And it needs to be at the top of the list. And that's what you should be focusing on. But in my case, in the way I look at the world, masonry is an important part. It's kind of like the glue that helps stick it all together. So while it's important, it can't be number one all the time. I know the lost Masonic word, the secret master's word, and I'm going to say it here. It's no. I, I thought it was have the secretary do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to be very honest. I'm a terrible example um of balancing the 24 inch age that, i wasn't that gonna tool, say it but that tool no but see that that's that's something that that's a that working tool that that symbol is very important it's something i've i've personally been spending a lot of time thinking about um and i think that you know depending on what you're doing in masonry um you know i, I think that you know, the guys that, that are here are, are very engaged in various levels. Two of us, well, three of us are involved in Grant Lodge in one way or another. And um, there can be, I think, what can set in is a little bit of guilt sometimes when you're not, because, and it's because, again, we're the choir, we're, we're the guys that are fully 100% engaged and invested in Freemasonry, then then we want to do all of those things. But then the idea of taking time out for ourselves, and again, there are all of those priorities, but it doesn't have to be an emergency that compels you to say, no, I, I can't do it tonight. That's, uh, sometimes that's sometimes it just has to be, you know what, tonight I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna spend time with my kids. Now, again, with, with some of us, masters of lodges or secretaries or, or us in our, our position, Scott, you know, uh, you know, I, there, there are certain things that we we need to be at as a part of fulfilling the duties of our responsibilities. But, you know, a lot of the things that we go to uh, or, or that we want to attend or that are available to, for us to attend aren't mandatory, aren't required. Uh, it's something that we want. We want to be there. Right. Most worshipful clay. Uh, <laughs> we want to be there. Right. But we also have to think about our own health and well-being, our family's health and well-being. Um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you, have to, you have to say that. And I think if we're, if we're going to be good brothers for each other, um, and, and again, this is, again, my view, uh, I, I think we, we need to uh, let, let them know that it's okay that if sometimes they need a break or they, they want to do something else or they have a different priority that is important to them, like family, like I'm going to go out to dinner with my wife. You know, to me, that's a that's a valid, well, yeah, <laughs> valid reason. To, to your point, though, Chris, I mean, I've had conversations with many brothers 
who are apologizing to me. Well, I wanted to really be there, but this came up or that came up. So no, no, wait a minute. That's me. If your family <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> but if if something has come up with your family and you need to address it, then address it. You should be apologizing to me for it. Right. If right. I can't accept the fact that you've got something you need to deal with with your family or with your work life, then am I really being a truly good brother to you? If, yeah, I, if no, I'm saying, wait, well, I'm sorry, I was the most important thing. I, I just can't do it. And I expect everybody to, to, to follow suit. If something comes up and it's family, especially family related, you've got to deal sure, with it, of course. especially yeah. that way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we have so many brothers that feel that they can't miss something. Uh, you know, what I t have a tendency to do is I try to um, block time on my calendar. So like I have some stuff that I, I try to do all the time uh, with the family or with friends. There are certain nights that uh, I, I block off my calendar. I'm not available that evening. I'm not available that afternoon, you know? And once I put it on the calendar, if it's for friends or for family, I've got to have a pretty compelling reason to move it. You know, it, it's because, you know, I understand that I can't, masonry will be always be here for me. Some of those friends and family may not be. You know, uh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, something that's, yeah, we all have to come to grips with, uh, you know, that, you know, I've got folks and, and especially some family I'd really like to see, but COVID's prevented it. So the first opportunity we have something to put on the calendar. Yeah. That's going to be sacrosanct. You're not going to be able to schedule anything else on top of it. You know, it's just cause that's, you know, I haven't seen them in you know a year. It's, it's important that those things happen. And I think every brother needs to think about that. What days or nights, you know, that you want to be present with your family and just put them on your calendar. And so that way it's already scheduled. You know, I, I have a lot of like, and that's what I do. I mean, you know, like I try to keep Saturday night open for, you know, for the family because Sunday night's already booked with family, with uh, lodge stuff. And it's been that way for, you know, 10 years. And, you know, it's, it's something that the family is all in agreement to. This is how we approach it on the, on right. the weekend, you know? And I think that something like that might help a lot of brothers decide, you know, what, you know, as, as they used to call it date night with your significant other. You know, put it on your calendar. You know, hey, my kid's got, you know, he's part of a, a soccer team over the summer. Great. Pick at least a half a dozen of those games. Put them on your calendar so you don't miss them. Yeah, and I think that that is really important to understand because I know that my first instinct, right, is to say yes. I am excited to go to a meeting. I'm excited to help out with things. And I don't think long-term uh, you know, I barely think short term because I want to go do these things. And I say yes without without really thinking about it. And I think now, especially for the especially for the people here, when we're talking about preaching to the choir, these people want to be at meetings. They want to be in, involved. Yeah. And it's important for you as an individual brother to understand that, A, you don't have to say yes to everything, but B, before you say yes, you should really make sure that you're, you're thinking about that because there's so much else going on and, and that excitement can't get in front of, of the logic, right? Because I know that I have double booked things. We talked, we had a prep meeting for this podcast and Scott wanted to make sure I brought this up. Chris was double booked for that prep meeting. And, was, yeah. but it's because you send out an email, you say yes. And then somebody else sends out an email and you don't even think about it. You say yes. Tonight's episode is is on this topic. We were originally intending to have the youth groups, and we're going to have them here with us next month. But the state master counselor for D Malay 
and and his father both said, yes, we'll be there on July 11th. And then half an hour later, I see them in person and I'm told that that's not going to happen because they'd already booked something. But, you know, so Scott, it's it's uh, Alex Newbery, Scott's son. And I, I talked to Scott in the middle of the day by email and he said, yep, we're good to go for the 11th. We'll be there. And then we get to an event in Salem and, and I talked to Scott and Alex and Alex is like, I was really excited about this podcast, but I forgot that I had something else planned. Yeah, yeah. he remembered it about halfway to Salem. He goes, wait a minute, what was that date again? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's real easy. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I laughed. I think it was last month. I had an evening. I was triple booked. And it's yeah. not because yeah. I said yes to all of this because everybody just scheduled everything on that night. It's like, all right, I have to pick one. You know? And that's, but see, that's an important thing, though. We need to make sure that if we're scheduling things, we're aware of what's going on in the lives or the, the workloads of the people that we're talking to, because it's so easy to set something based on your own, especially if you're master of the lodge and you've got a lot going on, you set a, a meeting and you expect everyone to be there. And that's not always possible. So we really do need to be a little bit more compassionate about the the questions we're asking and, and the expectations that we've set, because sometimes people can't make this a priority every single time. And, and go Sorry. ahead. No, no. What I was going to say is, I think that some of some of this is sort of, and I don't mean this. It, it please understand what I'm saying when I say this. I mean this in a positive way. Is that Freemasonry attracts a certain uh, a brother that is seeking something to really connect with, and I think the nature of our fraternity is one that asks for um, that participation and 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 a, and a strong level of commitment, both in time and and in our hearts. Um, but I, I think that sometimes that, that commitment, and again, it's, it's not that masonry is making you do these things, it's not, not the case, but, but that passion that, that you know, we, we attract passionate brothers and, and, and men that want to engage Freemasonry and, and, and put their all into it. And I think that is the, that is the, um, the problem, if you want to call it that, is that, you know, is that sometimes because of that enthusiasm and because of our commitment, because we're upholding our, our, our obligations, that, we, uh, that we, we, we take it very seriously, but also a part of our obligation, even though it's not necessarily uh, in the ritual, besides the 24-inch gauge, you need to listen to that closely, is, is that we have those other things that we need to we need to we need to attend to that we need to be present for, um, and I think that it, it just drives us to to want to uh, want to do more and more and more and more. And you see it constantly in Freemasonry. It's a beautiful thing, but it, it, it there is that sort of uh, that step back period where you have to say, okay, I'm doing all of these things now. What you know, where am I making the most impact? How can I help my brothers the most? And at the same time care for myself, which is also a part of this, right? And care for my family and care, not necessarily in that order, care for myself, care for that my family um, and, and, and the other things and work and all the things that need to be done. So I, I think that it, it's something that just needs to be revisited. And I think going back to COVID-19, um, sitting at home, <laughs> we, we've had a lot of time to, to be able to, to think about these things, and, and I'm hoping that the the you know that the engagement in Freemasonry and that connection to Freemasonry remains strong, but that brothers will, will think about that precious commodity of time, 
uh, to be able to, to, to balance out, myself included, um, to, to make sure that we're not stretching ourselves too thin. Well, I, I, you know, I think that's one of the, the concerns that I have. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, we keep talking about, well, COVID gave everybody an opportunity to reassess their priorities and reassess how they, how they handle things. The concern that I have is, is that there's a lot of brothers out there, a lot of folks in general out there who didn't. Yeah, you know, they just started saying yes. Oh, I can I can be on two or three calls a night. You know, I I know of people, you know, not necessarily brothers who, you know, they've got two earbuds in, one in two different, you know, one in each meeting. They've got two meetings going on. And uh, when does that happen? Yes. <laughs> so I mean, you, know, you you see that kind of stuff, and it's like, did they actually take the time to evaluate what's important to them, or did they just go into this new mode because you know especially as us americans that we love to work ourselves to the bone every single day and run till it's you know well past when it's, it's comfortable for us to you know live a productive life it's something i think that we need to understand and i think a lot of brothers are going to struggle with that how do i reprioritize things because let's face it like you said tim you know i can sit in my office for you know all day long sit in my office for another three or four hours on podcasts and discussion groups and you don't realize that, you know, it's suddenly 11, 12 o'clock at night. You've got to be up at six the next morning. How do you reprioritize that back into a world where you have to physically be somewhere and right. be yep. present at the same time that you're there? You know, I know a lot of people who struggled with that before COVID. And I'm thinking you're going to see a lot of people continue to struggle with it or even have a more difficult time with it now. Let's face it. These things are wonderful. But how many times have you heard a notification go off now in a meeting? Or when you're standing there before you go into a meeting and people's phones are going off like crazy or they're on another call or someone has to duck out now because of a call and that wasn't there before COVID. Yeah, you make, you make a very important point because that's, I think that's not one of the stated tenets of Freemasonry, but I think Freemasonry in a ritual, a lot of, in a lot of places uh, tells us um, how, how to be present. And um, we are living in a world that is constant, it's just from every direction. Um, there's some distraction, there's some notification, there's something beeping at you, demanding your attention, which also goes back to the idea of, you know, sort of the, 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 the juggling Zoom in a, in a meeting, in, a, in a, like a stated meeting. Yeah, you know, is, is how, much of a, how much of that, I think we kind of already touched on this, but how much of that ends up being a, a distraction from what we are there to do. And I think that entering into a Masonic temple and being with your brothers and having all of that go away, the noise um, is so incredibly important to, and, and I'm getting a little bit philosophical here when I say this, but 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 just to, to really, for us to, to be present, to be with each other, and to grow as as men and as members of our fraternity with, with each other. Well, I, you know, Chris, you mentioned that the twenty four inch gauge, and right that that's kind of what the focus is, obviously, with, with our title this afternoon, right, this evening. But that's not the only piece of ritual that addresses our commitment and our time, right? Everybody's cable toe is a different length. That's true. Yeah, and you've got this idea that we have to be within the length of our cable toe, but nobody, I don't think a lot of people think about what that means because it's always changing, right? My cable toe is much longer on this day than it is this day. 
and the ability I have to commit to things is a little bit longer. So we need to be cognizant of that, that yes, we can do things, but is it in our best interest? Is it, is it best for our health, for our family to really make those decisions? And I think that that's a, a very important piece of ritual that, you know, it's yeah. kind of buried. It, it, it really is in the ritual, burying the lead a little bit. Um, but it's such an important piece of that consideration is understanding what that means and where on any given day it ends. Right. Yeah. And that, and, well, and that's funny that you mentioned that because that was the first thing that I thought of was the 24 inch gauge. Right. You know, because it's a very sort of, okay, this, you're, this is how you divide your time. Yeah. And it's very sort of implicit or explicit, I should say. It's fine. Um, right. It's like, okay, this is what you need to do. Whereas the cable toe tends to be a little bit more, uh, fluid. What's the word I'm looking for it. Yeah. It's more fluid. fluid and more up to your own personal, uh, you know, interpretation of what that means. So I, I think those both together, um, and considering those items is, 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 well, is key. It's also important to understand that the length of my cable toe today is not, not the same as yours or Tim's. Or, or yours tomorrow. Right. But I mean, I, th I think sometimes we forget the fact that when we commit to something, we're fine with it on how, uh, as far as our cable toe length goes. You know, I'm going to commit to something tomorrow night. I'm good for it. I can understand that. Chris, what do you mean you can't be there? Yep. You know, I, have, it, to be it, yeah. but, but I have to be kind of the fact that your cable toe may not allow you to be there. And as leaders in in the craft, right? You know, when when you're when you're just as a brother, uh, no, but but when I exactly, but when you're a leader in the craft, you're sort of, you know, when you're a master of a lodge, right? All your one of your big priorities as master that you hold for is that people will come to your meetings, right? So your your perception when you're in that those roles changes a little bit because then you are sort of asking and trying to grab and pull in as many brothers as you can. And, and it's harder to hear the other side where it's like, well, no, I need to do this, or I need to take care of this, or I need a mental health day or, or whatever it is um, when we're wanting to. So we have a responsibility, all of us, when it comes to um, you know, whatever position of leadership that you might be in in the fraternity is not only watching out for yourself, but watching out for your brothers uh, to make sure that, you know, and how you communicate um, and what you expect um, of those brothers that, that you're taking those things in consideration and forgiving of that, uh, forgiving of those, uh, not, forgiving is probably the bad, is not the right word, but, you know, uh, it's okay, you know, and, and showing understanding. that it's okay. Be understanding, right. Well, and I think it I, that goes back to, I'm going to circle it back to something we talked about way at the beginning, is is that as in a leadership role, you're asking people to extend their cable toe that evening. So now you have to give them a reason to do that. Right. And deciding how many light bulbs you're going to buy in the next month to replace the lodge is not something that's going to draw an awful lot of people. You know, so it's it's important to have like you know we were talking about earlier the programs or the conversation pieces and let the brothers know what's going on at those meetings, so that they can make an informed decision. Is can I stretch my cable toe that night? Yep, and I, I think you know that's an excellent thought to kind of close on tonight. Is circling back to the beginning, make sure that your meetings are worth it. Make sure that you're cognizant of the other demands on your brother's time. And, and make sure that you're 
asking the right questions to make sure that people are having a good time when they're in launch. So, you know, moving to, to close this evening, uh, any final thoughts to share? Uh, we'll start with Chris. It just kind of goes back to what I've just said is, you know, is, you know, we're all human beings. Allow yourself to be a human being. Yep. Um, allow yourself the time. Um, you're important too. Your family's important too. Your work's important too. And they, and they take priority, um, you know, uh, but communicate, you know, communicate with your brothers, make sure that you let them know what's going on in your life. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes when we drop off the face of the planet, you know, and, you know, we've seen this, right. You know, we lose brothers, you know, they, they didn't share. And so having those discussions about what's important to those brothers and, and giving them, uh, giving our brothers support and, and wiggle room to do the things that are important that need to be done, um, I think is, 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 is super important. And again, to what Tim just said, you know, I hope that we will all, you know, think about how we can, what we can do to make our lodge experiences more enriching um, based on, I mean, you can't make everyone happy all the time, but, you know, ask your brethren, um, you know, push the envelope a little bit, um, you know, think of new and, and different things to be able to do to make the lodge experience, uh, you know, exciting, engaging, and fun. And I, I think with, with those, those pieces that, You'll, you'll see some success. Scott? So um, I'm going to add two items here. One, uh, I, I think Chris touched on a little bit, is the communication piece. You know, whether you're a brother on the sidelines, the master of a lodge, or, or in some other leadership role, set the title aside and just have the conversation. You know, what what's important to you? Uh, you know, what can we do to make the lodge experience more enjoyable so that you'll, you'll be interested in coming? And that's a conversation that goes both ways. If you're, uh, you know, if you're a sideliner, pick up the phone and call the master. And say, hey, look, you know, I'd really like to come to lodge, and here's some of the things that would be really interesting for me to actually learn about or find out more about, and it'd be more inclined to come to, the, to a lodge meeting. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing I would recommend, and this is something for each individual brother, is at the end of the day, just take ten minutes and think about what your priorities are for the next day. You know, so many people talk about doing that. So, you know, you write down your task list for the next day. I'm not talking about that. Think about the following day. What are your priorities going to be? Is it going to be, I need to be present in my work day, and then I'm going to spend the evening with my family. I'm going to shut the phone off. You know, uh, you know, or is it tomorrow's Saturday? It's a, there's a big Masonic event. I want to make sure that tomorrow evening when I get home, my family once again gets my full attention. You know, think about those things on a daily basis, and it makes it a lot easier to understand where your cable toe is over time. It takes time to learn to, what that judgment is. Uh, but if you take 10 minutes every day and think about the next day or the next couple of days, it helps. You know, take those 10 minutes. You know, we always talk about, uh, you know, contemplating our, our, our selves in life and where we are and things. 10 minutes before at the end of the day helps out a huge amount when you start to think about, Oh, I've got all this stuff coming up. I need to be present with those things. Where can I make the adjustment? And that's what it's all got to come down to. I think the only thing that I, I would add is, is to kind of add on to Scott's first item, take ownership of your Masonic experience. If you, as a sideline member, somebody who's not sitting in an officer's chair, 
if you feel you don't have a voice, then then ask. You know, speak to your master, speak to your secretary, speak to your your wardens. Take ownership of what's going on in your lodge. You may not always hear yes, as as Chris just you know let the secret out that people are allowed to say no. But if you want something out of your lodge experience and you think it's something that your lodge can deliver, talk to somebody about it. And maybe you get involved and you start leading an initiative to fix those things. But nobody can be, should be a passive passenger on their own Masonic journey. You really have to conduct your own Masonic experience in the way you want. And to Scott's point, if that means picking up the phone and talking to the master of your lodge, do it. If it means standing up in lodge and starting a conversation, then do it at the appropriate time. Your Masonic experience is for you. And yes, your master, your officer should be thinking about that, but they may not be thinking about each individual. They're thinking about the best experience for the group. And it may not be out of line to have a 15 minute conversation to talk about the things that you're in, you want to get out of masonry. So bring it up, take control of your Masonic experience and own it. Because if you don't, you may lose out on a lot of great opportunities. So I think that, that those are my closing thoughts. With that, brethren, we sure. will be back um, on August 1st with the youth organizations. Uh, and if you have any, yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. If you have any questions, comments, ideas for topics, or, or want to just speak to us, please email us at the email address on your screen now. We'll be happy to hear from you. And thank you so much for joining us this evening. And we look forward to seeing you again on August 1st at 7.30 p.m. Have a good night, brethren. Thank you, brethren. Good night.